News Network. When the fix is in, you know it. What you don't know is when the fix went in. A government built on corruption doesn't form out of thin air. It takes a long time to form, takes a long time to get here. And what you see is only 10% of it. Corruption is built on lies. And to see the depth, you need a lot of truth. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And to reveal that iceberg is Dan Newman. Good morning, everybody. I know technical difficulties are the worst things that can happen. This is a national show, and when we have the glitches at the top, it's just so uncomfortable. And I'm sorry to inconvenience you all, but I'm glad you are here today. There's a lot of moving parts in what we're seeing and facing in our lives today. Far more than normal, at least in my opinion. Have many more than the normal ones in my life. It's getting tougher to tie everything together. And this season, this time of season, is the absolute worst time for us to find ourselves dealing with it. We should have all our stuff together. Everything should be smooth sailing. We should be happy and excited about Christmas and Hanukkah and the brand new year just around the corner. We should be thinking about those things, joyful things. But instead, it's almost like everybody who's anybody in our lives that we look up to, they're throwing mud at us. They're throwing new things out there and basically saying, here, you take this, you eat this, this is all you get, and you're going to eat it and like it. I know I may be exaggerating a bit, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like we don't any longer communicate with each other. Oh, we throw sound bites at each other. We try to diminish other people, putting ourselves a little higher than they are. And the only way we, many of us think that we can do that is if we pull them down below our level and it's just all nasty. I really look forward to a time where we can go back to where it was even 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And I know Our world was full of chaos at that particular time. And we didn't have everything all together as a nation. We really didn't. But we were doing our best to get there and to be there and to live there instead of the constant infighting and bickering. I mean, it used to be even when it got where it was everyone taking sides, it was Republicans versus Democrats, Democrats versus Republicans. But I'll never forget it when Ronald Reagan was president and the leaders in Congress, he was a Republican. The leader in the uh, U.S. Senate was a Democrat and they had fights going on all the time about political things. But you know what? They each respected the other and the communications between the two were not nasty. There were disagreements And there's nothing wrong with having disagreements with those who aren't like-minded. It's one thing to disagree, and it's another thing to disagree and just immediately obliterate the person with whom you disagree. And you come up with a way to diminish them and make them be far less worthy of even speaking to than you feel about yourself. That's the world we find ourselves living in today. And it's not pretty. It's not comfortable. 
Everything doesn't have to flow perfectly. It doesn't. And it shouldn't. And we shouldn't expect it to go perfectly all the time. There will always be differences. There will always be roadblocks. There will always be expectations that we can't reach. That's called life. And sometimes, and I think I'm there right now, it just gets out of hand. There are so many moving parts, so many people that are involved in pretty much everything. We just can't get things done. And we can't get them done because we're not stopping and talking to each other. We're stopping and screaming and hollering, and we're not waiting for a response from who we're talking to. So everything's just one-sided. How can we expect to be a nation that pulls together when leaders in this nation, and for that matter, all over the globe, they have no desire to try to find and reach consensus. They have no desire to do everything it takes to reach consensus, which means give a little. And the other person, give a little. And you find some place in the middle to find consensus. You may not get everything you want in an agreement, in an understanding, in a bill, in a law that's about to pass, an executive order. All those things, those are moving parts. And we as the American people, we used to be the country that everybody looked to. Everybody was jealous of the United States of America because we had all our stuff together. We had a great government. We had a great government document, the United States Constitution, still to this day, worldwide. The U.S. Constitution is known as the only perfect governing document of any country in existence. And that's not me saying that. That, that's experts. It's at the top level of people from all over the globe. They think our Constitution is the best that's ever existed. Why? Because it's a great combination of governing and living between the people and between the government. But the biggest thing is the government serves the people, and it's not the other way around. In the United States, we have politicians that think there's no other side There's no worthy other opinion. The only one that matters is their opinion. And you know what? If we allow our leaders that we put in office, by the way, if we allow them to adopt that mentality and to live in that mentality, our country will continue to decline in every possible way. There's no person on this planet, not one, that has it all figured out. There's no person in this country that has it all figured out. It takes a combination. I hate to quote Hillary Clinton, and she was talking about raising kids when she wrote her book, It Takes a Village, to run this company, uh, this company, this country. It takes a village. And to operate a village, to operate a government, the same fundamental premises are there. We need to quit trying to complicate them and conflate them. We need to stop denigrating each other every time we open our mouths. We need to look at the opponents 
in politics as politicians, not as the people that we live with, but as people first who have the job of being a politician. I've told you this story before. When I had football teams, my coach wanted me there every opening session of preseason training. And we had 35 players that would come into training camp every year, 35. And we whittled it down to 21 before training camp was over. And so what I would do, knowing they're 35, I'd ask each of them to stand up and tell me who they were. Just like that. Hey, stand up and tell me who you were. With no question whatsoever, every one of them stood up and they told me the position they play. They told me what college they came from. They told me about their other career in football, of whether they had been in the NFL and were trying to get back or whatever. Not a single one told me who they were. They told me what they did. We live in a world that that's become the way everybody thinks and everybody lives. It's not about who you are. It's about what you do. Every one of those young men, they were young men first, young men first. Some of them were married. They were young husbands and young fathers. We need to just step back a bit. If we don't get our arms around this, I promise you, this one thing is going to happen. The nation will implode, and it won't be because China's doing it. It won't be because George Soros is doing it. It won't be because of the global elite. It will be because the consensus of the American people is we can't or we refuse to do it the way it was always done and established to be, and so we're just going to throw up our hands and turn and walk away. And it'll be immediately replaced. They're trying to replace it right now with authoritarian rule. Small group in D.C. run everything. That's not what I was born into, nor was you. We were born into the freest, fairest country on the earth. And it's not going to stay that way unless we fight to keep it that way. How do you do that? You do it in love. And it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter at all if you don't get the response in love. But if your commitment is the commitment that every one of our 535 members of Congress took and stated in their oaths of office, as did the president, the vice president, everybody that works in our government, everybody made the same pledge. And it was a commitment to the country and its laws and its structure. That should be enough. We should stop there and use every resource we have in our quiver to get those kind of things done, to keep the process clean and pure and honest and open. And yet every day, it's a big deal when we sign on this show here at TNN Live. There's at least two or three debacles, two or three travesties, two or three big, big revelations that have come that are exposing wrongdoing here and there. We've got a big one with the FBI now. Oh, 
People that can't stand Christopher Ray, they're going, aha, we got you. Another big one that is placed falsely against Donald Trump. He never said we need to do away with the Constitution. The far left has grabbed a hold of it. Not the fact. They've grabbed a hold of that talking point and they're spreading it. And there are millions of Americans that if you ask them today, they'll tell you Donald Trump wants to do away with the U.S. Constitution. Didn't say anything at all like that. He was talking about our election system. Its structure has been spoiled. We need to get it back to where it was. Everything can be misrepresented. And in politics, everything is misrepresented. Honesty's out the door. Are there any of us left who are all in for the rule of law, the U.S. Constitution, fairness, equal opportunities, equal justice for all? Is there any of that group remaining? Sometimes I wonder. I mean, a few years ago, I would laugh if somebody asked me that question. But I'm certainly not laughing now. Liberty and justice for all. That's where we need to be. That's where I am. How about you? We have a big Tuesday today, a big one. Our buddy Steve Baker will be joining us at the top of the second hour. We're going to talk about this Elon Musk and Twitter debacle that has happened and get into the weeds with that. But it is today a world full of news. There is stuff flying everywhere, and it's so rampant. It's so difficult to keep our arms around it and just cipher through and pick out the ones that are the most important, because every one of them is important. Prioritizing our lives, as you know, you've been taught that, just like I was taught that. Prioritizing our lives is something that we should do. We've got to do. We can't just run around screaming, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. We can't do that. We can't live in that world. We won't get anything done, but there'll be a lot that does get done just because somebody wants to do it, not because it's the right thing or the good thing to do. Can you believe we're actually having this conversation and I'm saying that? I, I just struggle to even get past that. But I am past it. I promise you I am past it. And we have just got to, we'll go through the news We'll talk about the big stories of the day. We'll get into them. But at the bottom of all of this, folks, needs to be this. Our first love is to the United States of America. as That's our country. Our first love to people has got to be to our family members. It's got to be. And it should begin with the relationship with God, your Creator. I'm going to segue right into this. I mentioned just a moment ago about Donald Trump and what lie is being thrown at him. Representative Liz Cheney condemned the former president on Sunday in a tweet. No honest person can now deny that Trump 
is an enemy of the Constitution. That's Liz Cheney talking. Republicans condemn Trump's demand that the Constitution be suspended. But most have also skated around what it says about Trump in his 2024 run. Trump made the statement Saturday after Elon Musk claimed to reveal proof that Twitter worked in tandem with Democrats to tip the scales in the 2020 election. Saturday morning, Trump took to Truth Social to assert that Musk expose published by journalist Matt Teeby proved 2020 was fraudulent. Elon Musk pushed back in a tweet, the Constitution is greater than any president. Donald Trump believes we should terminate all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, to overturn the 2020 election. That's what Liz Cheney said Donald Trump did. No honest person can now deny that Trump is an enemy of the Constitution. Now, there's no question Liz Cheney is one of Trump's loudest critics inside the Republican Party that shows signs of splitting over the former president's outlandish public statements. He's attracted criticism from senior Republicans. When he had dinner with Nick Fuentes, a notorious anti-Semite and white supremacist, Saturday morning he triggered further outrage when he went to True Social to claim that a Twitter thread by journalist Matt Teeby offered proof that the 2020 election was rigged. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, he said. A bunch of Republicans condemned the message. Many stopped short of denouncing him or saying that it should disqualify him from running for president. It is certainly not consistent with the oath that we all take. That's Republican Mike Turner saying, I vehemently disagree with the statement that Trump has made. He made his comments on CBS's Face the Nation, talking about Mike Turner. He steered clear of saying that the remarks should disqualify Trump from the party nomination. There's a political process that has to go forward. Representative David Joyce said he would support whoever won the nomination while skating around Trump's comments. He says a lot of things, Joyce said. President did not have the power to suspend the Constitution. You have to take it in context. I can't be really chasing every one of these crazy statements that come out about from any of these candidates. Of course, Democrats jumped all over it. The White House said attacks on the Constitution were anathema to the soul of our nation. Even Elon Musk, who has cheered on TV's Twitter thread on Friday, poured cold water on Trump's comments. Trump didn't mean cancel the Constitution. The election system of the United States of America The basic fundamental structure of it is in the Constitution. Trump wants to change the election structure, to put it back to where it was. Trump said this in a tweet. Wow, that's a really big story about Twitter and various forms of government fraud, including specifically election fraud. The same level of fraud took place with the other big tech companies. 
if not even worse, if that's possible. We're living in a very corrupt country, and as they are saying all over the internet, nothing will be done about it because the Justice Department and FBI are totally corrupt, but they'll keep investigating boxes that were legally and openly taken from the White House. He continued, I'm glad that everyone is now seeing the light on what I've been saying loud and clear for the last two years, that the 2020 presidential election was rigged and stolen by a combination of Democrats, big tech, law enforcement, and other bad actors. Sadly, we've become a corrupt country, perhaps one of the most corrupt anywhere in the world. We must right this horrible wrong and take our country back. And when Steve Baker comes in at 10 o'clock, we're going to break down and talk in detail about the fallout of the Twitter revelations that have just begun, apparently, through Elon Musk. The big thing in the whole story that Liz Cheney and other rhino Republicans, and let me just tell you this, I am sick of the party system in the United States. I'm sick of it. All it does is make people take sides, and it's taking sides not so much about facts, but about emotional perspectives that are based in politicization rather than based in the truth, the structure of the nation, the founding of the nation, and what it should be all about. Instead, it's going down the political road. If we go down that road, there's no return. We're going to look like Venezuela, and you may laugh at me. All the pieces are in place right now for us to go there, and to go there pretty quickly. I agree with Donald Trump. We must take the nation back. Now, take it back from whom? From anybody and everybody who disagrees in the tenets of the United States Constitution in every part of it. You disagree with that? That means I disagree with you. As I said in the opening, we've got to find consensus. Trump's post was... Poorly written, no no doubt about it. In fact, he did not come straight out and suggest that the law of the land be thrown in the trash can and forgotten, as all of his critics are saying. On Friday, remember, Musk released files that prove that the FBI, the Democrat Party, members of the Biden campaign, met with members of Facebook, Twitter, and other big tech companies, and they did so for one thing, squash the Hunter Biden laptop story because it might hurt Joe Biden's 2020 campaign for president. And immediately after the release of the first batch of insider files, former President Trump jumped right into his true social account to blast the media for this outrage. So here's the outrage. And I'm going to quote the former president. So, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception, in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC, and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone 
false and fraudulent elections. Those are his exact words. And in all of the craziness and the wild spewing that went on over the weekend, he came out on Monday and he said that if an election is irrefutably fraudulent, it should go to the right winner or at least be redone. Where open and blatant fraud is involved, there should be no time limit for change. The fact is, Joe Biden didn't win with anything near a landslide. Indeed, in key states, he barely eked past Trump's totals and achieved very narrow wins. Further, some polls suggest that many may have resisted voting for Biden if they'd been made fully aware of the Hunter laptop story, which is exactly why it was suppressed. An August poll reported by the New York Post, for instance, Nearly four in five voters felt that a truthful coverage of the laptop story would have changed the outcome of the election. There's also been much fraud found over the years, so we know without a doubt it exists and it's eroding faith in our elections. Let me just give you a personal story. Let me tell you how I feel right now about the runoff in Georgia. I've been asked by a bunch of people over the last few days, what do you think, Herschel? Do you think he can beat Raphael? You know what? I don't think he can. And you know why I don't think he can? It's not because I don't think the voters of Georgia are going to come out and vote for Herschel. It's because you don't know who's messing with the vote counting in Georgia. You can't trust the process. That is exactly what Donald Trump is coming out against. And I'm sad and I'm disgusted that more of our leaders haven't done the same. You can't talk about the election results or you're an election denier. So all of the leaders, Mike Johnson, a good friend of mine, a great friend of this show, he won't talk about it publicly. Why is that? Nobody wants to be canceled. We have an environment that doesn't embrace Facts, they're going to embrace the emotional political picture before they embrace facts. I'm not denigrating anybody. I'm just telling you, this is what we are facing right now. And the United States cannot sustain a election system that allows fraud of any level. And it's there. CNN called Trump's post dangerous and a fantasy. Liz Cheney, you heard what she said about it. The Associated Press reported that Trump was rebuked over his comments. And of course, what does Trump do? (laughs) He jumped back on his truth account to blast those claiming he wants to terminate the whole Constitution over the 2020 election. Now, what I'm about to tell you These are more of his exact words on Monday. Nobody's printing this. Here we go. Quote, the fake news is actually trying to convince the American people that I said I wanted to terminate the Constitution. This is simply more disinformation and lies, just like Russia, 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 and all of their other hoaxes and scams. What I says, what 
was when there is a massive and widespread fraud and deception, as has been irrefutably proven in the 2020 presidential election, steps must be immediately taken to right the wrong. Only fools would disagree with that and accept stolen elections. MAGA. Indeed, if you take a close look at his original post, that should inform the reader that Trump was talking about election law, not the Constitution. Context matters here. Trump opened his true social post saying specifically, so with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in the 2020 election, do you throw the presidential election results out of 2020 and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? Note, he's talking about the election, not the Constitution. He did not add into the equation the entire U.S. government. He was focused on only the presidential election. Then he wrote, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. you got to look at even those found in the Constitution, that phrase. That's your cue that he was talking about particular rules, not the whole Constitution. we got to realize There's no specific process laid out in the Constitution that describes how we handle a fraudulent election. And if massive fraud is found, Trump is saying that such a finding allows for the rules guiding elections to be set aside and a redress of the fraud to be made. In fact, the Constitution was violated in the first place by the election fraudsters. But in the end, Trump was talking about correcting a fraudulent election and citing election law in that pursuit. He did not say, throw out the whole Constitution, like so many leftists are claiming. Was it the best way of saying it? No, it wasn't. Should he have used the word terminate? Probably not. But his sentiment is clear. Whether you believe the 2020 election was fraudulent or not, Terminating a fraudulent election was his point, not erasing the entirety of the American system of government. Oh my gosh. Well, here we are, folks. Here we are, Tuesday. And we do have a runoff election. How do you think Georgia's going to go? Georgia Senate runoff candidates, both of them, Raphael Warnock, Herschel Walker, are in the middle of a dead heat going into today, according to an insider polling Fox 5 Atlanta survey that was released last night. It showed Warnock edging out Walker 51 to 48%. 1% per the survey remain undecided. But the Democrats' three-point advantage is within the survey's plus or minus 3.6% margin of error, which means it's a dead heat. A deeper look shows Walker taking the edge with independent voters, leading Democrats 53 to 47%. 
Walker also holds a one-point advantage among voters 18 to 39, while Warnock holds a five-point lead among voters ages 40 to 64. Further, early voting and mail-in voting totals remain in favor of Warnock, but Walker leads with Election Day voters by 26 points. That fact coincides with Walker's latest plea urging Georgia voters to get out and vote today, contending that the final results will all come down to turnout. We've had record-breaking early voting, he said, but we got to have turnout. Otherwise, if you don't turn out to vote, we're going to continue to have high gas prices. We're going to continue to have the high grocery prices. We'll continue to have the crime in our streets and these open borders. We will continue to have those things if people don't turn out and vote. So vote, 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 he added. Notably, the final insider polling Fox 5 Atlanta survey released at the end of October prior to the November 8 election showed Walker up by 3%. And while the final Real Clear Politics average showed Walker leading by 1.4%, it was Warnock who ended up leading by less than 1%, although he failed to get the 50% threshold. This poll that they took was among 750 likely voters. It's more of the same, folks. It's more of the same. So what do we have coming up? We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the big pending legislation. 28 days from today, a brand new House will be sworn in and seated. And yet, with that hanging out there 28 days, the House and the Senate are trying to pass several multi-trillion dollar boondoggle bills. Instead of just doing a continuing resolution which would give the government spending as necessary to pay its bills and come back early January and take up every piece of legislation. They're trying to ram it through. And they're trying to ram it through with Mitch McConnell's help. And Mitch is saying, okay. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. I pass through the trees. I leave behind the mountains. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish when I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine. Leave behind a better world. Juice drinks, sodas, and sports drinks are loaded with added sugars and calories and have little or no nutritional value. 
Sugary drinks can destroy teeth, cause obesity, and lead to type 2 diabetes. Sugar Bites. Protect your kids. What can milk do? Well, it can turn you into a morning person. It can help fuel some pretty tough stuff. And it can definitely make cartoons funnier. No, it can't. Oh, well, it can have a little edge. But come on, even kitties love it. It'll keep up with you at any age. It makes engines whir and creme brulee creme. It's one of the easiest labels you'll ever read. And anything that makes this happen is pretty special. In fact, what can't milk do? Steve Baker is going to join us at the top of the next hour. What are we going to be talking about? Well, yeah, I can Hey, hey, hey. Remember that song? That's the uh, main song out of the movie Superfly. <laughs> Curtis Mayfield sang that. That's kind of a get up and get after it kind of song. You can't at least not tap your toe with it. Well, Steve Baker's here, and we're going to, no, he's not here now, but he's coming at 10, and we're going to wade into the whole debacle about uh, Twitter revelations. And I got to be honest with you, I don't think we'll get all of that information anytime soon. It's going to be layer after layer after layer. Last night, Sean Hannity had Eric Schmidt on his show. You need to learn that name if you didn't already know it. He has been the attorney general for the state of Missouri. Just to kind of bring you up to date of what we're about to hear from Sean and Eric, Eric, Sean, and Jeff Landry, who's the attorney general of the state of Louisiana on behalf of their two states, they filed a massive lawsuit about the federal government colluding with big tech and the Hunter Biden laptop. So Schmidt ran for U.S. Senator, and he won that, so he is going to take his oath of office in 28 days as well. But last night, he kind of broke it down with Sean Hannity. Listen in. But did the FBI put their finger on the scales? They had this laptop for 11 months. They did nothing with it. Uh, and then the FBI is telling every week they're meeting with these big tech companies and they are saying to them, oh, be on the lookout for these hack and leak operations. Uh, and it may even be about Hunter, we're told. They knew that story was likely going to come out because they had the laptop and they knew Rudy Giuliani had it. That's right, uh, Sean. And also, I think this is a story of the federal government with all of its vast power and authority colluding with some of the biggest companies in the history of the world to censor Americans, uh, to uh, put their thumb on the scale, as you said, of what's out there, what people can actually read and know about before an election. And it ought to scare uh, the bejesus out of every American. I don't care what your political stripe is. I mean, this is out of some dystopian novel. And what we learned, we took the deposition of Elvis Chan, uh, the FBI agent, last week. Well, here's what's very clear. The FBI had the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2019. They sat on it. They didn't do anything with it. They knew it wasn't hacked material. They knew it was legit. Um, Miranda Devine of the New York Post uh, said that they had access to her emails. They also knew when this story exactly was going to be published. 
Elvis Chan testified that they were having meetings, monthly meetings, including weekly meetings, telling them to be on the lookout for hacked uh, and leaked materials. Um, Yoel Roth, the integrity guy at Twitter, uh, in a sworn affidavit, said that in those meetings, they said there's going to be something, potentially something about Hunter Biden uh, in that story. So you connect all these dots, and this was a backdoor way to affect censorship. They were also advising them on their uh, what their hack and leak or their hack policy ought to be. And you also have the same guy, Jim Baker, who was general counsel of the FBI in 2016, and then general counsel of Twitter in the fall of 2020, it's clear in those Elon Musk, uh, that the Twitter files, he was the one saying, put the brakes on this. So the FBI was very involved in it. And again, this is very concerning for our republic. We believe in free speech. We believe the First Amendment is the beating heart of the Constitution. And when you have the federal government and law enforcement acting in this way, it's shocking. All right. So this guy, Yo Roth, is Twitter's former head of site integrity. He's the one that said he was meeting weekly with the FBI and they were meeting with other big tech organizations. Let's fast forward to the FBI and their special agent, Elvis Chan, who you, uh, I believe, interviewed last week. And he said in a lawsuit that the Biden administration organized the meetings. And in fact, uh, your solicitor general said Chan said the FBI warned Twitter to be on guard for hack and leak and that. This guy, Roth, confirmed that hack and leak, oh, be on the lookout for something about Hunter Biden. If you see it, it's probably going to be fake. Isn't that what they did? Is that what the FBI upper echelon did? Yeah. Yes. And the FBI knew that that wasn't a hacked uh, you know, hard drive. They knew that that was legit. They had that computer in their possession for a year, but were lay, laid the groundwork for months that this could be something that comes up. In, in, in Roth, in, specifically Mitch's in October. So again, they lay the groundwork uh, for this to be censored material. And then when the issue comes up, and they know, by the way, the date in which, according to Miranda Devine, in which this is going to be published. Uh, so the groundwork had been laid, and Twitter did what Twitter did. And so now the, the what's what's confounding the left is all these pieces of the puzzle now are coming together. And through our previous deposition of Anthony Fauci, through the discovery we've already gotten of the specific portal the government had with these big tech giants to censor Americans, uh, you know, uh, banning people, deplatforming people, silencing people. You know, big tech was doing the bidding of big government. They with were the help, working with hand the help of the glove. FBI. They were being instructed with almost the by the FBI. Let me ask you this. The FBI so was Elon very Musk involved said, if you shut down dissenting voices, that is by its very definition, election interference. When he was asked why the media is acting like this is a nothing burger, he had a great answer. He said, because they're all complicit in lying to the American public uh, and that they're acting as the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. Do you agree with Elon Musk? Is all of that true? Did our FBI put and big tech and the media, did they all sort of collude together to put their thumb on the scale to prevent the American people from seeing a story about corruption with Joe and Hunter Biden in the weeks leading up to the 2020 election that could have, if the people knew about it, that could have impacted the result of that election, sir? Yeah, this story should have been out there. There was no reason for this to be bottled up. And the FBI laid the groundwork. I mean, this was Elvis Chan's 
sworn deposition. He said that they were having monthly and weekly meetings. They knew the, the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't hacked material. And they specifically said, according to Twitter's integrity guy, Roth, that uh, they mentioned the Hunter Biden story. I mean, that's just, that's, that's nuts. And our, our federal law enforcement has no role in this. They shouldn't have anything to do with this. Uh, government shouldn't be censoring people. Go- government shouldn't be telling these platforms what they can publish and what they can't publish. And also, an interesting tidbit here, Sean, that came out of that deposition was Elvis Chan in his deposition also believes that this was influenced by Democrat members of Congress and their staffers going to Silicon Valley saying that they need to affect their content uh, moderation oh. policy or else. That's our federal government hard at work for us, folks, is hide the facts because it's going to make the former vice president, now president of the United States, it's going to make his son look bad. And therefore, it's going to make the big guy look bad. You know, what I'm about to say, you know it's true. If, if you want to find a way to cheat, you can find a way to cheat. In every situation, it's sad to say that, but it's so. You can find a way to cheat. And that's exactly what Donald Trump was talking about that Liz Cheney and the rest of the leftists want to pounce on Trump for when he said what he said about the Constitution and what the Constitution says about elections. And he made the statement, that we need to change the election process, and we do. Now, what does it need to look like? You know what it needs to look like? Exactly as it's written. It needs to be handled just like it was written. The structure's there. Politicization has taken it away. People have made choices to go down that road, which is anti-constitutional. And Trump's concern is we're letting that process pollute the election system. Let me give you an example. One of the biggest gubernatorial races in the nation was that one in Arizona. Katie Hobbs and uh, just went blank. Uh, Shoot. Her opponent in the race, Katie Hobbs, was the Secretary of State. And... uh, I can't believe I forgot her opponent's name in the race. TV woman. Anyway, talking about this Twitter thing, a recently discovered filing in a court case relating to big tech censorship has brought up the name of the Arizona Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, that she coordinated with Twitter to censor election misinformation in January of 2021. Now, what does that mean? Censor election misinformation. That means somebody gets to make the choice, needs to put their finger on it, to write a definition of what is misinformation. The documents were filed in an August 31 case, Missouri versus Biden, and circulated December 3rd on Twitter, shown that on January 7, 2021, the Communications Director for Hobbs Secretary of State Office emailed the Center for Internet Security, CIS, which is a nonprofit cybersecurity organization, to report election-related misinformation. 
that note flagged two posts from a redacted Twitter account as being of specific concern to the Secretary of State. These messages falsely assert that the voter registration system is owned and thereby operated by foreign actors. This is an attempt to further undermine confidence in the election institution in Arizona. Thank you for your consideration in reviewing this matter for action. An assist rep then forwarded the email to Twitter for review, writing, please see this report below from the Arizona Secretary of State Office. Now, why would anybody send anything to Twitter? A redacted Twitter employee replied, they would escalate the matter and then followed up with a final email to both CIS and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity, and Infrastructure Security Agency, confirming both tweets had been removed. Now, what about the tweets? What about the tweets? Hobbs, a Democrat, Arizona's governor-elect, did not immediately respond when she was asked to respond about this. Her Republican opponent, here it is, Carrie Lake, responded to the news on Twitter. Conflict of interest, coercion, corruption, she wrote. This is the lady that is the head of the voting system in Arizona. She's the one that signed the contract with that international company that operates election machines in more than 15 states of the United States, all kinds of conflict of interest there. And it's not conspiracy theories, folks. It's factual. And we're running out of time for Steve Baker. He's going to be here in a few moments. What I want to mention to you, and I mentioned it going into our first break, we've got some really big legislation that's pending, and it's massive. It always comes down to this. At the end of each year, an election year, a lame duck Congress finds ways to cram bills through that they know they can get passed now, but when the changes happen in 28 days, they probably won't. So over objections from House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, who, by the way, is the likely next Speaker of the House come January 3rd, other congressional leaders acquiesce to lobbyist pressure. Lobbyist pressure. You know those people that walk around the halls with $100 bills and plane tickets and all those kinds of things. The lobbyists are writing this legislation that is pending. And the bill includes the JCPA in the base text of the NDAA. Kevin McCarthy was the only member of congressional leadership to fight back against its inclusion, but was overruled three to one after Mitch McConnell caved. McConnell, minority leader, the Republican in the Senate, he caved. He's supporting this boondoggle. The JCPA has absolutely nothing to do with national defense. Nothing. So the move, a swan song of sorts for Pelosi, she just announced she's leaving congressional leadership and retaining her House seat after Democrats lost the majority, is an egregious step for an outgoing leader of the past against precedent 
as the NDAA has generally been reserved just for national security matters. So they're throwing this thing into the funding of all of our national security operations, including our defense department. Proponents of this bill have been struggling for over a year to move the controversial proposal through Congress, hitting roadblocks everywhere in committee hearings, fierce opposition from Republicans like Kevin McCarthy, others including Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise, Marsha Blackburn, Tom Cotton, and more. That's why lobbyists supporting the bill on behalf of deep-pocketed industry interest zoned in on two must-pass legislative vehicles in this lame-duck section as last-ditch efforts to pass it before the GOP formally takes control of the House. The NDAA, or a spending bill like an omnibus spending bill currently, is also being negotiated. But because this NDAA is proving to be more of a lift than previously thought, the prospects of an omnibus spending bill to fund the government are dimming every day. Leaders may instead pursue a a CR, a continuing resolution, to fund the government at the end of the year, which makes the NDAA a more attractive prospect for these leaders to attach unrelated proposals like this JCPA to force them through in the waning hours of this Congress into federal law. They do it all the time. This is what we're talking about. This is not the constitutional way. Jim Jordan, I hear him say it all the time. We've got to go back to regular order where every bill stands on its own. It stands alone. We don't throw a bunch of them into a big pot and we just vote up or down on the big pot. And that means... There are billions of fraudulent dollars that are being spent through these omnibus bills. And and it just goes on and on and on and on. And we don't get any answers. How does an average American deal with their government every day? How How do you reconcile in your mind? Well, That's just the way our government flows. That's the way the United States operates. That's not good enough for me. And in the middle of all of this stuff going on, we're about to have a change of the guard at the top of leadership in the House of Representatives. Representative Eric Swalwell, we know him well. He's the young guy, Democrat from California, He was the one that had a spy not only working for him in his office for years, he had her, I don't want to get snotty or ugly, but he had her as his squeeze. Fang Fang was her name. He got busted when they found out she's a spy. Well, Swalwell has encouraged Republicans in the House to launch a coup against leader Kevin McCarthy in his bid to become House Speaker. He issued that encouragement in a tweet over the weekend in the wake of several Republicans claiming they're going to oppose McCarthy's House Speaker bid. If the Freedom Caucus caucus cannot stop Kevin McCarthy from being Speaker, they should all resign from Congress, Swalwell said. How can they serve with dignity if he neuters their revolt? 
tweeted Swalwell as he tagged representatives Matt Gates of Florida, Chip Roy of Texas, Andy Biggs of Arizona, and Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, all Republicans. Conservative radio host John Cardillo noted that Swalwell is pushing the coup against McCarthy to try to create a favorable scenario for Democrats. I keep telling you guys, either it's McCarthy or a deal with Democrats, but don't listen to me. Listen to Eric Swalwell. So disappointing that Matt Gates and Andy Biggs are playing this idiot's game, he tweeted. Over the weekend, Donald Trump Jr. called upon Republicans to stop opposing McCarthy, warning it could have disastrous consequences after the establishment floated pro-impeachment Representative Fred Upton, a Republican from Michigan, as an alternative. So in their quest to own the establishment by stopping McCarthy, Andy Biggs and others are actually, in effect, empowering those who impeach Donald Trump. This is a Democrat dream come true for a Republican Congress. This is Trump Jr. tweeting, Genius move, guys. <laughs> and the noise goes on and on and gets louder and louder. We're going to get even louder. Steve Baker, live from North Carolina, next at TNN Live. New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for a contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the claim-free discount, which gives you money off your homeowner's policy if you've been claim-free for three consecutive years. Also applies for three successive years, three years straight, and what's known to insurance fans as the claim-free three-peat. Get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. Hello, I'm hello. proud because we didn't build it the how easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's we're been good. waiting for. Only from Verizon. We're good. 5G Ultra Wideband well, available only in parts of select cities. 5G Nationwide available in 1800 plus we'll take it as it comes. Have There's you ever wanted to there. learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would yeah, be too I've, difficult I've and time-consuming? The, then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. We've got to get consensus Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique I'm that makes firmly, language engaging, fun, right and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel right is created so by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. All right, buddy. Language we'll be for Life. Just Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. The Truth and Dan Newman goes together like beans and rice, brats and kraut, you and the future. 
TNN, the Truth News Network. We have Steve Baker on the phone. I think I actually had my mic open when I called Steve. So let me just say hello again, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> <laughs> did, did they hear that little chat we were having, the private chat? I, I, I think maybe they did. If they did, they're probably chuckling as they uh, listen to us. Well, at least we behaved ourselves. Yeah, there were no there were no four letter words, and we didn't say anything <laughs> ugly about anybody for a change for me anyway. Not yet. <laughs> I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of the first hour, but we were into um, all of this. I mean, the chaos and noise has just overtaken the entire country. Yeah. It's crazy. People just don't want to talk to each other. They don't want to converse about anything. It's one thing that be different with somebody else and have different thoughts, different perspectives. I mean, you and I are friends and we think a lot alike, but we don't think exactly alike. We don't agree on everything, but that doesn't make you bad or evil and the same to me. We just recognize that sometimes we're not going to agree on everything. And I didn't ask you to marry me, so it really doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) exactly well i'll tell you man i i got a i got a call last night that kind of uh rocked me a little bit and and it was it was from an nbc reporter it was one of the nbc reporters it was uh, that i shared the media room and in dc with for nine weeks on the oath keepers trial and he asked me if he could interview me and i i said well I, and I turned my recorder on right then. I said, okay, uh, go. But just so you know, uh, I'm recording everything that's being, every word you ask, every word I respond, it's all going, you know. And I said, and if you misuse the, the courtesy, I'll I'll burn the palace down. Before you proceed, and, and, before you proceed let me just point yeah. something out. Isn't it horrible that you had to even think about doing that, let alone do it? because you didn't trust somebody that works for one of the biggest networks on the planet. Well, and you know, the the thing was, is I didn't even have to think about it then. It was instinct. Automatic. Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely automatic. I was hitting record as I was saying, I'm going to record you. Yeah. And, and record. So yeah, you're, you're, and then he said, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. And so we, we then had a two and a half, a two and a half hour conversation last night. Wow. Uh, to well past, well past midnight. And the, uh, the gist of it was basically my entire experience related to January 6th. And then my observations of the trial as well, uh, how the two overlapped. And, uh, I don't know in what context or how that story will, um, will be developed or used or if it even will be. But I, I, the reason I say this is because of what you just said a moment ago about the, the, the fact that we don't talk to one another anymore. The one thing that I did appreciate about that particular interview, and it's not always true with all of them is when he said, I'm going to challenge you on that or one of my responses it was a fair challenge. And then when he said something I, you know, took umbrage with or that I was not in agreement with, I said the same thing to him. I'm going to challenge you on that. And he took it, you know, as a gentleman as well. And then there were several times as well that we would, he would say, um, can we go off the record for a moment? I said, yes. 
And then we would both say into our respective tape recording devices, uh, we are now off the record. And, and so that we were holding each other accountable. And then we would have our little off the record chat and then, okay, back on the record. Are we on the record now? Yes, we're on the record. Boom. And we were back at it again. And so it was a respectful two and a half hours, but you're correct. It's incredibly rare. And, and again, I don't know to what extent this interview will be used or how it will be used or if it'll be abused, but um, it was a moment after nine weeks of what I, you know, said over and over and over again, am I sitting and watching the same trial as these guys? And, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But you, but you're right. I mean, you, you, you watch this, this news cycle that we're in right now, especially after the release of the, you know, the quote unquote Twitter files here, um, the suppression of the news and the dismissal of the, of, of what's being revealed by the mainstream media sources is just absolutely stunning. The immediate thing that just jumped up and grabbed me, of course, the debacle that Donald Trump brought on himself saying what he said, and he didn't say it the right way, but he made it very clear that in the context of what he said, he was talking about, we need to blow up the election system. Uh, the one that we're working now and go back to the constitutional way. And so everybody can once again have faith in the election system in the nation. That's probably the most important thing that our government should do. Picking leadership, letting the American people's voices be heard. Who do we want governing us? And of course, Donald Trump, he basically said, looking back after the Twitter files were released, there was definite collusion in the 2020 election that impacted election results. There's no question about it. And so he's asking, what do we do? Do we just automatically take the title away from the challenger and let it go to the incumbent? Or do we go back and redo the election? And here's the thing that just made me, I don't have any hair on my head, but if I did, it'd make it all stand <laughs> up on end. Our politicians at every level, they won't even talk about the 2020 election results. They won't even have a conversation about it. They're afraid to get branded that they're an election <laughs> denier. And unless and until our leaders are willing to open up and be objective at looking at one of the structural things that make us the greatest nation on earth, foreign leaders have said forever, our constitution and our election structures are the best in world history. If we can't look at that process and recognize that there is a problem or two within it in some areas and then go in in the light of day fix those things, unless we get there, we will never believe in any election result that we have. And we're headed down that you road. Know, yeah, the 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 thing with Trump, as we all know, is he will choose to, he'll choose words that are rather indelicate, uh, maybe not uh, exactly stated the best way possible. And, and this was one of those moments where he, probably could have left one word out of his uh, diatribe when he said a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Um, 
I wish he wouldn't have gone that far. Well, terminate was the sure. was the poison pill. The word terminate. Uh, yeah, ter- ter- termination was the was the poison word. Uh, absolutely, and and then of course his his most ardent defenders uh, go back to claiming he's playing some sort of five D chess again. And then, of course, someone like me, you know, I I do go by the moniker of the pragmatic constitutionalist. That's what my blog is called. And so, you know, when you start start talking about terminating the Constitution, that's a hard no for me Um, straight across the board. Now, the interesting thing about this when it comes to the election, the one thing that we do have to do and and and. And I got to I have to reset the table here for a second or the chessboard, as it were. I it took me 22 months, Dan, after the election, before I publicly stepped forward myself and said, "Okay, this election was stolen. And that's despite everything that I saw. I saw everything you saw. I saw, you know, I saw the truck full of ballots, you know, semi truck full of ballots driven down from upstate New York to Philadelphia and the testimony of that truck driver going, what am I doing? I saw the, you know, I saw the, uh, um, all, all, well, we don't have to relive any of it. We, we all, we all know what we're talking about. And despite the fact that I saw all of that, I still wanted to believe enough in our election watchers and in both the, the balancing act between the two party system that they, okay, the, the GOP guys, they've got to be, they've got their, they've got their, um, uh, poll watchers there. They have to be providing oversight. And, and despite all of that, I still had this, you know, this knot in my gut that it was wrong, but I, I couldn't come out and say that it was stolen until we found out that the FBI basically had set up shop at, in the Facebook headquarters and were coaching, literally coaching Facebook on how to handle the information about Hunter Biden's laptop. And then we saw the polling, the polling which revealed as many as 16 to 17% of the Biden, now these, were, these were Biden voters that were polled, not, not general uh, across the board um, registered voters. 16 to 17% of Biden voters in the contested states, the states that switched, uh, uh, switched gears at three o'clock in the morning, uh, on, on, uh, election 2029. When we saw that 16 to 70% of those Biden voters said that they would have voted differently had they had known about Hunter Biden's laptop, that would have resulted in not just a win for Trump, but a landslide win for Trump had that taken place earlier and right then. Yes. And right then I knew that it was stolen. And then here we come two years forward and, uh, Mr. Musk purchases, <laughs> spends $44 billion out of his own pocket to buy a publicly traded company, make it private so that he could control it completely. And then starts releasing the data and then we see the same type of manipulation. Not only was the FBI involved in a similar manner with Twitter, we, we have to assume it was also taking place at Google and YouTube, 
But not only were they involved in a similar manner at Twitter, but also we saw the direct collusion and used that word a while ago, collusion. I mean, this is this is even further. Dan, this is a cartel. This is a cartel yeah. between the yeah. Democratic Party machine and the mainstream media and the big tech oligarchs. And is what that is. And the Department of Justice. Yes, well. FBI, yes. yeah. Yeah, and, and you can, I, I guess I would just as a knee-jerk, fold those into the Democratic Party machine because they've become completely owned uh, lock, stock, and barrel by them. But you're right. And so with that collusion of that cartel of entities, and as powerful as that is, they were able to manipulate the American uh, voter, uh, the populace as a whole, into a... Um, uh, what do you, what do you a, a slumber about, well, about anything that they wanted them to not know about. Yeah. And that's exactly, and, and now look at what they're doing with the information as it's being rolled out. I mean, b- between, between the release of that information on Friday, all the way through Sunday, ABC, CBS, NBC, total 100% blackout. It's as it didn't happen. Yeah. On the, on the, on the four major networks, Sunday morning shows, ABC, CBS, NBC, and CNN that have their big, you know, news morning shows on Sunday mornings, grand total, seven seconds given to the Twitter files. Seven seconds. And, and so I, I you know, I, I have this long and growing list of these axioms or maxims that I live by and that I, I return to that kind of keep me focused. And one of them has always been if uh, the New York Times, Washington Post, uh, NPR, CNN doesn't say it, then it never happened. And that's what we're seeing. Not only did they say the Hunter Biden laptop didn't happen, now that we know that it's happened, they're just ignoring it. Don't forget, we had 52 current and former intelligence leaders signed a letter stating that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Right. Right. So exactly. what what does that what does that tell you? That tells you we can't trust this person, this agency, this group of people, these elected officials. So the American people find themselves now wandering around, kind of like at the Tower of Babel out of the Bible. Everybody starts speaking different languages and nobody can figure anything out. Who do you trust? Who can you communicate with? Who do you have any honest feeling is really in this thing to do it the right way? This thing being the operation of the United States Constitution, the government, and the nation. And the people that we've always just benignly said, these are the ones we can trust and believe in. A president. I mean, come on now. We have lots of presidents in my past that I disagree with, but I've always trusted the government itself. And I've always felt like I could believe in most of what I hear from the government. But we had the ability. We didn't have Twitter We didn't have Google. We didn't have any of that. All we had was Walter Cronkite and then NBC and ABC News. And we think they were telling us the truth. We may never know what they were telling us was the truth, but it all, it kind of worked its way out. But now everything, everything is politicized. 
I mean, there's a story out this morning that the FBI is actively looking for and going after and have restructured the vernacular of words to use to give them ju- legal justification to go after people. And the ones they're structuring it to go after are all conservatives. And that comes out. Now, what the heck is the American person that's a white-collar worker in, um, oh, I don't know, North Carolina or Northwest Louisiana? What is that person going to do? How is that person going to believe? What are they going to do about voting? I mean, there's a question about everything. I got to be honest with you, Steve. I think we are so close to imploding as a nation that I could see happening so quickly something that would turn into civil action in which all of a sudden this whole thing explodes. And I, th- well, I, I, I mean, you, I mean, literally explode. Yeah, no, I, I will tell you something, a uh, conversation I had with a gentleman just a couple of nights ago. And this is, this is a serious thinking gentleman. And I won't mention his name without permission, but the bottom line of our conversation was is we are this close. And, you know, I'm, I'm holding my, my <laughs> index finger and my thumb very close to each other right now. We are this close to being in a position where we have a group of political leaders in this country that have no hesitation whatsoever about locking us up and putting us in those camps that we've talked about and that have been conspiratorialized about for, you know, decades now. And, and the, to think that the human, the modern human here in the 21st century is not capable of that. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, but isn't that happening in China right now? Did that not, not happen during the COVID lockdowns in Australia? Uh, did they not um, weld people into their apartments in China? These are 21st century human beings. You know, the, 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 the story that we got from uh, the Bible is that, you know, it, not only is he the same yesterday, today, and forever, but we are too, Dan. Yeah. If we're made, if we're made in his image, we're, we're this, we don't change. Humanity's not going to change. Uh, it, pendulum swing, uh, as, as fads change and as, you know, costuming and, and wardrobe changes and music changes, that sort of thing. But the underlying spirit of what drives us and what, you know, what is motivating us and whether we're talking about our dark side or the better angels of our nature those things do not change. And just because um, we uh, have this idea of never forget when it comes to the Holocaust in Germany, that, that doesn't mean that it's, not, that it's over. It just means that it's just cycling out for a, a generation. But we are at a point right now, and, and this is what I saw in this trial. That's why I said that this, this Oath Keepers trial um, was bigger than the uh, eventual legal uh, jeopardy of five individuals in this trial. This was exactly what you were just talking about right there. This is this was a trial about words and making words and thoughts illegal, because the thing that these individuals were convicted of was not what they did. It's what they said and what they thought. 
and Big and Brother. When they, Big Brother that's right. now has taken the sole authority to determine that. And it was twisted around in that trial, things that you have shared with me, for the sole purpose of convincing the jury to do the politically correct thing when it came to finding these men guilty of sedition. To do the politically right. correct thing, not necessarily the legal thing. Uh, and and so we're at a point, we're at a tipping point, Steve, where you and I and everyone just like us, everybody that is a Republican, everybody's a Democrat, everybody's independent, and even socialist in the nation. If we want to have a nation, we've got to find a way to put all this together at least enough to realize that we're on a sinking ship and we have the corks to plug the holes if we collectively will decide to do it, and if we don't, it's going to sink. Yeah. So where do we go, my and friend? I don't know. I, where do we go? Well, uh, we have we have to talk, and this is where this is what you led with. We we have to find a way to talk, and it is the only reason that I agreed to that interview that I gave last night is that we have to somehow talk. And we have to talk not inside of our little bubbles and not inside of our on, on our little private islands of uh, ideological thought that we find ourselves that we that we feel comfortable and that we feel safe in. Right. But we have to reach out beyond that, and we have to find that common ground with one another. And if that if that's just our next door neighbor, then that's where it has to begin. That it has to begin there, which means that your 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 comfort zone may just be your little bubble on Sunday morning and that group of people you work, you meet with there. And then you go back home and you isolate and you isolate with whatever it's Fox news or Newsmax or whatever. And that's where you isolate for the rest of the week until you go to church on Sunday morning. I don't know what this particular listener who hears is hearing me right now. I don't know what your bubble is, but you're going to have to reach out beyond that bubble. If we don't find a connection with our neighbors, that neighbor is going to, not consider us a human and is going to consider us at least a lesser human and worthy of being put on that train. I want to, as we end this segment, I want to give you a, uh, an example of what kind of makes it common sense for everybody when relating to what you were just talking about. When you were born, your mom and dad lived in a room. It was all mirrors floor, ceiling, walls, it was all mirrors. And they'd been living in it. And when you were born, they pulled you into that room with them. So what do you see if you live in a room that's all mirrors? You only see you. You saw mom, you saw dad, you saw you, brothers, sisters, like that. When we become adults, we leave mom and dad, we move into our very own room solo. It's all mirrors. And so... We see ourselves all the time. So what are we going to do? We're going to do stuff for ourselves. And others, well, they're not in my room, so it really doesn't matter. So you get married. You open the door, and you bring someone else in. And you close the door. And then you get friends. You let them come into the room. Everybody is isolated in rooms that are built of mirrors, and all they see is themselves. So therefore, all they think about 
is themselves and those that they've invited to come in and live in that mirror room along with them. That's where we find ourselves today. And honestly, Steve, I think a lot of the decisions are to go right into those rooms because outside the rooms, there's chaos, there's anger, there's hatred. And we don't want that. So we walk back into our room of mirrors. We've got to break the mirrors. We've got to break them down. And uh, I don't know where to to start. We have to get out of it. I don't Uh, know where to start. I don't, I, I, I can't tell you either, uh, Dan. I, I can go. I can go back and address something you said earlier about Walter Cronkite. You know, you, you know, when when we had Walter Cronkite and we had thirty minutes of news every night. We had thirty minutes of local news, and then um, and then we had uh, Walter Cronkite. Oh, wait a minute! You had you had five minutes of weather. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was part of the thirty local. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah. And, and so, and so we didn't have a half a dozen 24 hour news channels that had to fill up uh, with content. And, and obviously as, as we all know in, in this business, if it bleeds, it leads. So they're yeah. going to always oh, yeah. give us, you know, they're going to pump us with the bad news for 24 hours a day as often as they can, because that's what sells or that's what brings eyeballs. And then that's what sells advertising dollars. And so with, with Walter Cronkite, you had, uh, you know, a, a tornado that, that blew through, you know, um, uh, Kalamazoo, um, whatever, you know, some little small town or let's, let's say in Kansas somewhere. And Walter would come on, and, you know, and uh, that's the way it was, you know, <laughs> and, and in 1967, July 7th, uh, in a small town in Kansas, 23 died. And then that was it. Yeah. We never heard about that tornado again. It was over with. And never saw any video. No, maybe a, a week or two weeks later, Newsweek would have two or three pages of photos from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Time Magazine would, or Life Magazine, something like that. And But now we see the, the destruction over and over and over. And then now, because everybody's got a high-definition camera, we actually see the tornado as it's killing people. We see it land. We see it hit. We see it roll through town. Yeah. And, and so, and so we, we are all looking for a safe space now away from that. And so we find our own little information bubble that, okay, yeah, we still have to watch the tornado, but at least we're getting our version of the tornado. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and that's, that's what everybody's doing. So and, so, and I don't know, I'm, I'm like you, Dan, I don't know the answer. I don't know what the exit point is from this, but I do, I do agree with you that, um, yeah, for, first of all, if you see it on television, don't automatically believe it. I'll tell you that right now. And I don't care which channel you're watching and I don't care which politician is delivering you the news or his opinion of the news or his statement on what he's going to do about the news. Yeah. There's nothing to believe. I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe Mitch McConnell any more than I believe anything that comes out of Nancy Pelosi's mouth. I just don't can't. Well, the only thing you can believe, the only thing you can believe is you can believe their voting records. That's it. Yep. That's all. What they've done. Yeah. I'll close with this. It's, uh, it's on our website homepage. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because you think it's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong either. Steve Baker, man, thank you for joining us today. 
<laughs> well, this wasn't exactly the funnest of days and conversations we've had, Dan, but thank you for having You're me. You're fighting back the tidal wave of deceit, lies, spin, and ignorance with TNN, the Truth News Network. Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in after you check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. How can we say when you book direct at choicehotels.com, you always get the lowest price in our rooms, guaranteed? Let's get someone to say it with a really low voice. Carl? Lowest price, guaranteed. What about the world's lowest limbo stick? How low can you go? Nice one, Carl. Hey, I've got an idea. Just say, bada book, bada boom. Bada book, bada boom. Nice. Always the lowest price, guaranteed. Book now at choicehotels.com. New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry, dragon fruit, and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for a contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. So where are we going to go after that interesting segment that was supposed to be the breakdown of uh, what happened with Twitter and Elon Musk and where the nation is going to go? What are we going to do about that? I, I got to be honest with you. I got some thoughts, but let me, let me do something. We talk about the impact that all this stuff makes on individuals. And um, that's what we should. Everything we do should be based upon what it means to the important things in our lives. I mean, after all, that's all that matters. What's important? The other stuff, you know, we can leave it, take it or leave it. Pick it up, make it ours, or uh, just leave it alone. You don't have to pick it up just because it's there and it seems like something is there that you ought to pick up. Think about the people in all of this um, engineering of information and ideas and the manipulation and the use of them as weapons against us, I, um, I think we need to understand that everything that's spoken, every action that's made, none of them are singular in formation. It's just like the rock. You throw a rock in a pond, the ripples start, and they impact all kinds of things across the pond. The same thing happens here. Think about people that this politicization that we've been talking about have really hurt, harmed. I mean, let's talk just for a second about Donald Trump, Mar-a-Lago. That invasion that happened in his private home, I don't care. They were coming after content that he shouldn't have. Well, let me ask you this. Here we are two months after the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Where's those top secret documents that they knew factually and that was the basis that they used to storm Mar-a-Lago? You and I both know if they found them, 
it'd be splattered everywhere. They weren't there. It's just more of the same. They are scared to death. They being the cabal, the deep state, whoever, you know, whoever's included, Liz Cheney, maybe Mitch McConnell, a bunch of Democrats. They don't want Donald Trump back because they couldn't make him play by their rules. His rules were doing it the right way, period. He's very crude. He's very coarse. But you know what? For those of you listening in right now, and I'm talking to myself too when I say this, for those of us that think and act differently from a Donald Trump, you need to understand, get out of your bubble. His resonating and saying the things that he says and the way he says them, that a lot of people, a huge portion of the nation, are comprised of people that reconcile that, they recognize it, they understand it, and it speaks to life in their world. Most of America, most Americans, are not Wall Street people. They're not Harvard and Yale and Princeton people. They're blue-collar people or white-collar people. And they get along and understand things and the way things are said and portrayed in their world. Trump speaks to that far more than does Joe Biden. Joe Biden likes to claim to be a blue-collar guy. He's not. I promise you, he's not. He's always been at the top of the world, D.C. That's where life begins and ends, according to every politician. But let me tell you, I want you to listen to what I'm going to give to you right now. It's a back and forth between Tucker Carlson and the actor James Wood. Social media destroyed James Wood's very successful and long Hollywood job, career. It's over. Twitter ended it for him with a bunch of lies. He's, he's won in federal court. But nobody hears that. Nobody knows about that. But I want you to listen to Tucker Carlson with James Wood. This is a Fox News alert. Elon Musk has provided Matt Taibbi of Substack with thousands, apparently thousands and thousands of internal documents at Twitter. And they're coming out as we speak. We've told you this several times. Those documents prove, among other things, that the Biden campaign and the DNC directed Twitter to censor users and Twitter complied and did this in the critical final days of the 2020 election cycle in order, and they say this in their emails, to get Joe Biden elected. They did the bidding of a political party and of elected officials in Washington, which is illegal, to get Biden elected. They rigged the information available about that election. Now, that would include the former Twitter general counsel, Jim Baker, who was a key player at the FBI during the Russia collusion hoax. He was overseeing the censorship there. Just minutes ago, Elon Musk wrote on Twitter, quote, if this isn't a violation of the Constitution's First Amendment, what is? There's so much here. Other documents just posted by TV minutes ago reveal that Twitter's hacked materials policies was never a real justification for banning the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop. And they knew it. Under Twitter's own stated rules, they would need, quote, official law enforcement finding of a hack to invoke that policy, says Taibbi. This is just one part of the Twitter files that are apparently going to come out over a period of days. We will see. 
But one of the things we've learned already is that Twitter, under pressure from Democrats, deleted a tweet from the legendary actor James Woods, who had straight outside the lines by criticizing Hunter Biden. The DNC told, this before the last election, told Twitter to take it down, and so they did. James Woods joins us now by phone. James Woods, are you there? Yes, I am, Tucker. So nice to talk to you. It's great to talk to you. I vaguely remember when your tweet was pulled down. You, of course, remember it. Did you suspect at the time it was pulled down at the direct request of the Democratic National Committee? I'm not surprised at all. I'm shocked uh, the way any other American would be if he were a target of a presidential candidate and a yeah. major political party. But here's why I'm not shocked, Tucker. You, uh, uh, you may be surprised to know that there was a lawsuit a while back. Uh, a woman uh, accused me of saying that she gave a Nazi salute, and there was a whole bunch of, of stuff about it on Twitter, and, and I didn't. I actually asked, why would somebody say that about her? Without going into the details of that lawsuit, it turned out that the DNC was behind that. I won the lawsuit in federal court. It wasn't reported very much. I've been a target of these people for six years. They have destroyed my career. They have destroyed my livelihood. They've destroyed my faith in a country that my family has defended uh, in the military since the Revolutionary War. I'm about to be inducted into the Sons uh, of the uh, American Revolution, the Sons of the Revolution. Um, uh, I, I cannot I, – I, you're catching me a bit off guard because I literally just walked in the door and my wife yeah. said, have you seen your phone? I was at the firing range, <laughs> believe it or not practicing Good for, for you. Uh, my rights under the Second Amendment, which I guess now that I don't have any First Amendment rights anymore, I'm glad that I still have some Second Amendment rights. I, I think yeah. the whole thing is uh, astonishing. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm for the first time in my life, honestly speechless. Well, it is astonishing. And as you just pointed out, civil law is used extensively by the left to really crush people on the right. Alex Jones just had a billion dollar settlement against him because he said something that he didn't hurt anybody. He said something people didn't like, and they wrecked his life, but in the lives of many other people, and they tried to wreck yours. Is there some kind of legal or civil recourse that you would have against the people who violated your First Amendment rights? I can guarantee you one thing, more than anything else you'll ever hear in your life. I will be getting a lawyer. I will be suing the Democratic National Committee, no matter what, whether I win or lose. I am going to stand up for the rights that every American, not a so-called celebrity, I'm right. not a celebrity, but I'm hardly recognizable anymore because my career has been destroyed by these very people. And I will sue, and I'm hoping other people will sue. And if it turns out there are a lot of us on this list where the DNC targeted us, and I will quote the immortal words of Joseph Welch when he attacked Joe McCarthy for the enemies list he had, at long laughter, have you no shame? Yes. President Biden, all of your stocky little operatives in the DNC who have targeted American citizens, have you, Mr. President, have all of you at last no shame? Yeah. And of course, the answer is no, they don't have shame. Um, but we we will be following that, and, and there may be more. Clearly, they were fixated on you, which I hope you take as a compliment, but also propels you forward to bring justice. 
I take it as a compliment, but it's you know it's a big price to pay. It's not a lot of fun. I I loved my career for 50 years. I was happy to be an award-winning yeah. and honored and appreciated actor, and uh, I miss my career. And these yeah. people took it from me, and they'll pay a price later in my life, you know. But I have to say, um, I am not going to take it sitting down. I think these people are vermin for doing this to other people. Let's not talk about me for a moment. Let's talk about just simple individuals who put out a tweet and now their lives are destroyed. You know, casting directors literally in my business literally go online and they check every actor who comes in for a part to see who they're following. If an actor or an actress is following me, they will blacklist them. All right? It's about time this is torn open. And I will tell you this. It's not just me. But if you take the thousands of people that I'm sure they did this to, and you got a class action suit, uh, they might not be so happy about that. They really are in trouble right now, I think. I think this will be something that will <laughs> they're not going to be happy about in the long run. And, you know, what, what am I going to get out of it? I don't know. But I'm going to sue for the – look, there was a guy who called me a cocaine addict on, on Twitter once. Never done drugs in my life. And they even stipulated, well, he was just doing it with hyperbole. I sued him. I won that suit. I won the slap judgment on that suit. So you can't talk about it because of the settlement that, that we did, much more than that. And someone said, why would you do it? I said, because I'm going to defend my name. I'm not going to let them blur, uh, slander me like this. That was libel in, in that case. But uh, there's a distinction, as you know. Uh, but I'm not going to put up with it. And if I have to be the flag bearer for this, then so be it. I'll be proud to do it. Um, we, I, I you should be say, proud. I want to say in closing, you may notice that I never talk to the press anymore. I'm asked yes. every day. Okay, I've left Twitter as my only source of of, 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 of you know of public any statement I might might make because I always say those are my words. You're not going to you know you're not going to alter it by doing a slow motion video of me in black and white and all that crap that they do. But but they. They've been doing this as a jihad against conservative people. I was blocked on Twitter for eight months. You know what I was suspended for? Quoting Ralph Waldo Emerson. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's how crazy these people are. And one of the things that I said on Twitter once that has become kind of a meme, scratch a liberal and you'll find a fascist every time. Yes. Let me tell you, these Democrats, and now I can say it because they are now my enemy. They, they declared this, not me. But when they go around calling everybody, oh, this one's a fascist and so on. You know who the fascists are? Scratch a liberal and you will find a fascist every time. Every time. Well, I'm, you know, I, I realize you, you don't want to do television interviews, but you are always welcome on this show because that's one of the most amazing conversations I've had in a while. I mean, I'm, well, I'm really grateful I, I that we a, reached you tonight. I, I, sorry, I'm I'm kind of, if you'll pardon the metaphor, shooting from the hip, because I, I just, I walked in the door and Sarah, my wife said, my God, have you checked your phone? I go, no, it's up at the range, up in the, I was in the rain up in Lopez Canyon. There's not even reception there. I, I looked at my phone. I, I literally had hundreds of messages. I went, what the, what's going on? And uh, so I, I, I can't speak about this as with, with the informed consent that I would like to. And I can't speak as intelligently as, as I would like to, but, you know, when you see your name on an enemy's list, 
You want to say to your enemies, you know, really an interesting thing. When you declare somebody's your enemy, they can now say you're my enemy, too. And it's yes. a funny thing about the Constitution. You know, I, I tweeted something today about James Monroe. You know how old James Monroe, President of the United States, by the way, later on, you know how old he was when um, when when they signed the Declaration of Independence? No. He was 18 years old. 18 years old. Okay? John Adams was 19 years old. You know how they talk about all oh, these old white men wrote the Constitution. They were <laughs> teenagers fighting for an independent way of life, fighting for rights, the most precious of which, the most precious of which was the right to free speech. And the government of the United States conspired to take my free speech and throw it in the gutter. And there's something that they should fear more than anything they have ever imagined in their wildest dreams. The most dangerous man to these corrupt, vile vermin is an American who's not afraid of them. And Joe Biden and all those rats who work with you at the DNC to close down my speech, I am not afraid of you. And I'm coming for you. Amazing. What do you think of Elon Musk so far? Without Elon Musk, Hunter Biden would still be, and I can't say this because I don't know the facts, but it seems like he's been involved in some pretty interesting chicanery on behalf of the big guy, whoever that may be. We don't know for sure. So I don't like to say things I'm not sure of, but, you know, I I, uh, I think Elon Musk has very possibly, very possibly saved America. I, I think the ship of state has been on a course rivaling the Titanic. And I think what Elon Musk has done is spend a lot of money like I did in that lawsuit against the guy who lied about me. You know, you spend the money and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because it's so important to my survival and my well-being. And I think Elon Musk loves this country. It's clear that he does. Why would he spend all that money on Twitter, this rat-infested <laughs> app? You know, why would he do that unless he could see its value? You have to understand something. You know, back back when they had the power in Twitter, the Democrats were happy to say, "Well, it's a private site. It's not. It's not like it's the town square. You know, they can say whatever they want." Of course, they're not saying it now that that Elon Musk owns it. But it was, in fact, the town square. It was, in fact, a forum for free speech. And if you have a town square where only some people are allowed to use it, then you don't really have a free country. We know in this country what it was like when certain citizens weren't allowed to speak, when they had to step off the sidewalk because a person with different skin color was walking down the street. You know, and I'm not going to compare anything to what black people in America went through uh, because there's, there is no comparison. There is no comparison. But it's... Uh, I, okay. James Woods, I, I, I don't know what to say other than thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for explaining that. And congratulations on your vindication. I hope we see you soon. James Wood with Tucker Carlson there. James Wood, the actor. You've seen him in 
I mean, really great movies. He's been in Hollywood for a long time. It's just hard to be anything but a hardcore leftist and survive in Hollywood in California. Sadly, it's becoming that way across the nation. That's what we were talking about when Steve Baker was with us. Let me throw in a couple of things here that you need to know about a grand jury investigating Loudoun County, Virginia schools, the way that those schools handled two sexual assaults by the same student, that it was at two different schools. You remember that? Well, the grand jury excoriated local education officials because of their failure to take care of the matter effectively and legally. Virginia Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin issued an EO, an executive order, to Attorney General Jason Meyer's office on the first day of his administration demanding an investigation into the Loudoun County incidents that, by the way, our FBI should have been all up in the middle of it. They haven't even said a word about it. The Loudoun County schools had attempted to block the investigation that Virginia Supreme Court in September ruled it could go forward. Final report from the grand jury came out on Monday. The grand jury found no evidence of a cover-up and issued no indictments, but made a series of recommendations to make sure none of this happens in the future. The investigation addressed the actions of a single student and school officials' handling of it. Said student sexually assaulted a girl a fellow classmate at local high school in 2021. That individual was detained, eventually released to go to a second high school where the student committed a separate sexual sexual assault. The grand jury had harsh words for the administration saying, we believe that throughout this ordeal, Loudoun County Public Schools administrators were looking out for their own interest instead of the best interest of Loudoun County Public Schools. This invariably led to a stunning lack of openness, transparency, and accountability both to the public and the special grand jury. On the matter of transparency, they failed at every juncture, the report said. They did, however, conclude there was not a coordinated cover-up of the matter. The report went on to assert that the second sexual assault could have been prevented. School administrators, they continued, ignored warning signs about the students' conduct, including emails from faculty and the parents advising the schools to pay close attention to the student. Grand jury further highlighted the school board and most of the Loudoun County School Board and the schools for their unwillingness to cooperate with the investigation. We expected these public servants to provide clarity, transparency, and a willingness to report truthfully to their constituents. Now, I don't want to get into the conspiracy conversation. I don't want to go there. But it's something that we all need to understand just because we hear it, just because we see it, just because they tell it, here's what it is, doesn't necessarily mean that's what it is. Let me give you another example. President Biden's State Department is using your taxpayer dollars to fund a pro-LGBT group in Colombia. That's okay. I understand that. But that Colombia group that your tax dollars are going to, they support the legalization of prostitution. 
The name of this group, I can't even say it. It's a Spanish name. The group is a Colombian pro-LGBT group that focuses on, quote, gender, sexual diversity, and social change. They're getting money from the State Department. The grant is intended to provide tools, resources, and opportunities to support journalists and other activists in Colombia and in Latin America so they can understand the use of disinformation and gender-restrictive narratives against LGBTIQ and women's rights. This is what our State Department said. Colombia is ranked 27th on the Global Crime Index. The U.S. government previously noting that many of the country's residents, including children, have been subjected to sexual exploitation. Colombia... It's not a really safe place to live right now. One State Department spokesman claimed the grant to Sentido, which is the short name for this group, was in support of American values, going on to say U.S. citizens benefit from a world that is safer and more prosperous for all. Little things like that, they just pop up every once in a while. Should they be little things? No, they shouldn't be. They should be big things because throwing money at it, especially in a third world country, all that happens is that money gets swallowed up by people that have access to the money. Director of National Intelligence, DNI, Avril Haines, yesterday ducked a question about the alleged retention of those classified documents by former President Trump in that raid on Mar-a-Lago. I know you can't talk about the investigation into Mar-a-Lago, but if something in the intelligence community took home documents, classified documents, then resisted turning them back, what would be the impact? That was asked by host Andrea Mitchell. Avril Haines said, please don't do that. FBI agents raided the Florida state owned by Trump as part of an investigation into allegations. The classified documents were taken to Mar-a-Lago after Trump left office. Merrick Garland, he got right in the middle of it. He appointed Jack Smith, the war crimes prosecutor in The Hague, who reportedly was involved in the alleged IRS targeting of the Tea Party back under Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Garland appointed him to serve as special counsel after Trump announced his bid for the Republican nomination in 2024. Two former directors of the CIA had to pay a price for that, Mitchell said, for something similar for the way they handled intelligence. Talking about Watergate, of course. Retired Army General and former CIA Director David Petraeus was sentenced to probation with a $100,000 fine after he pled guilty to mishandling classified information. John, uh, John Dutch also allegedly mishandled classified information while he was CIA director during the Clinton years, according to a report by the CIA inspector general. Hillary Clinton also faced allegations of mishandling classified information after a private server came to light during the 2016 presidential election, and nothing happened to Hillary. And by the way, the former president was involved in her deal because he was communicating through email, had his own Gmail. And he 
communicated with his then Secretary of State all the time on a server that was illegally being operated. It was against federal law, and every communication that went to it or was sent from it was violation of classified information distribution. Nothing happened to them. Where are the classified documents that were used to get the warrant to allow FBI to go to Mar-a-Lago? Because they were after those classified documents. Where are they? They weren't there. And by the way, even if they were, there are tons of examples in U.S. history where presidents have, in a much more egregious way, handled documents when they left office. All the hoo-ha that you hear about, well, they didn't go through, Trump didn't go through the declassification process. That process is not for any U.S. president. It's for people below them in government, how to handle classified documents. Not a president. Numerous presidents have taken classified documents out of their Oval Office surroundings into their personal residence in the White House just to study and do work with. If you want to go by the word of how everybody thinks Trump should be treated, each one of those presidents should be charged with misuse of classified documents. It's just more and more of the same. More and more of the same. Well, there's some other Hunter Biden stuff. First Amendment advocates are raising the alarm following those reports that the FBI warned Twitter about a potential hack and leak attack on Hunter in their weekly meetings ahead of the 2020 election. A December 4th report from the New York Post outlines how the FBI warned Twitter that state actors were likely to carry out a hack and leak operation involving Hunter Biden in October of that year. These briefings reportedly led to Twitter to censor the post reporting on Hunter's laptop on October 14th. Former Twitter head of site integrity, Yoel Roth, made the comments in a sworn legal declaration that was part of the company's defense in a lawsuit brought by the Tea Party Patriots. It's unclear when exactly the discussions between Twitter and the FBI took place. Just one more thing, one after another. And where do we go to get good information now? What do we do to get it? Let me give you an example of something that's up in the air. This, I think, is kind of interesting. You know what Gmail is. Gmail is Google's really, uh, I guess, high-dollar, very successful, safe email account to use. Most everybody's got a Gmail address. Well, Gmail creator, the one who created that whole process, is predicting total disruption for Google as new chatbot, ChatGPT. It's going to be a search engine. Challenges tech giants' monopoly on internet searches. What would Google be without Google? The Google search engine. I mean, that's the default one that we all go to. It's not my original one. I, I, I start with DuckDuckGo, but often DuckDuckGo, when you do it, 
You don't come up with the good information that you need to have. Good information. Folks, this was a different day today, a different show today. But I want to say thank you for being here. We appreciate you beyond words. Stay close. Lots more coming out this week. And we're on top of it every day. We'll see you tomorrow right here at TNN Live. And don't forget, truthnewsnet.org. Check out today's story. I came upon a child of God. He was walking along the road. When I asked him, where are you going? This he told me. I'm going down to Yazgur's farm. Think I'll join a rock and roll band. I'll camp out on the land. I'll try and set my soul. Shotgun in the sky